0: During the challenge, each day, you'll receive two free meditations, one for the morning and one for the evening. These guided meditations will help you unlock a happier and healthier you. Plus, you'll get exclusive access to two live webinars with me where I'll answer your meditation questions. And best of all, you'll be joining a like-minded, supportive community, making the commitment to change their lives by building a meditation practice that brings meaningful results. Whether you're brand new to meditation or a seasoned meditator, I really hope you'll join us starting on January 28th. Go to hayhousecom slash five days to join now and download a free PDF where I share five ways to boost your meditation practice. That's heyhouse.com forward slash the number five D-A
1: I just wanted to talk for a few minutes before we take calls this morning about something um, something called calls, and only, only they're, not, uh, they're not phone calls. They're callings that I think that, uh, that we received. You know, as I wrote, I, I can see clearly now um, there were many examples uh, in there as I reviewed the significant moments and times and things in my life. Um, in which I just felt a very, very powerful calling. One of those times was when I was at my father's grave uh, in 1974. It was probably the most significant moment of my life. And I went down there because I was angry and I wanted to, you know, just yell at him and piss on his grave. I had all of these horrible thoughts about him because I was just so full of rage about him. And and i did all of that except i didn't I didn't do the pissing on his grave but i did uh, I, I might as well have the way i was talking i was just filled with anger and so on and i got back, back into the car and i started to drive away um and then uh, something called me back and um and it was just one of those moments one of those things in our lives and uh and i think I'm, the reason i'm saying this is because everybody out there uh has these kinds of experiences where they just they get something you know an idea is placed into them and then they, and that idea turns into a desire and then the desire you have many choices do i follow through it on it or do not follow through on it um and these desires are not placed there by our, our what i call our personal self um which because our personal self isn't capable of even having a thought we don't even know what a thought is where they are our personal self it just is what whatever the senses can do you know the eyes the ears the nose and and so on the, the our five senses are pretty much dictate uh, everything in our life but there's an impersonal self that's within each and every one of us I always use it in my talks to say it's a if you look at your fingernails you know there's there's some invisible intelligence within you growing your fingernails try try some nice to just say to them you know look I'm tired of you growing every single day I've got to cut you I've got cuticle problems and I'll just stop growing and you realize that you have absolutely no control over that whatsoever that you're just sort of being done and the same and anytime you walk by a a person even a stranger um, and if you ask yourself because I've done this my whole life trying to figure out how am I connected to that person that I don't even know how can I possibly be connected you know that because our mind tells us in order to be connected there has to be a wire you know or there has to be something that I can see that connects me but uh, the idea that we're all connected to each other one of the ways I see myself as connected to strangers is uh, to realize that whatever force that is growing my fingernails is growing theirs as well and every fingernail on the planet is all being uh, grown by this impersonal self that is that is uh, allowing every heart to beat, and uh, you know, and the hair to grow on our bodies, and all of the things that are taking place within us, um, so that this invisible intelligence is there, and it's and it's responsible for all of the ideas that are placed into our mind, this impersonal part of us, this non-local part of us, and it's responsible for every desire that we have, and and when a desire goes from an idea uh, to a desire, and then it goes into something called a burning desire. A burning desire is a desire that uh, it's, it's like having an inner candle flame that, uh, that never flickers, though the worst might go before you. It's something that is uh, inside, of you, inside of us. We think it's inside. I mean, science has now proven that it's just inside and outside aren't even concepts that exist in a non-local universe. It's just all one. And so this, you know, be, becoming aware of this and, and how, how powerful these ideas are especially when they're converted to a, a burning desire which is what you know the impersonal self the part that uh the part of us that grows our fingernails and opens the roses and keeps the planets in alignment and is responsible for every single thing uh, that, that takes place in the universe it's you know in some places in the world it's called the tao t-a-o some places it's called god or divine mind or called spirit whatever it might be and that day in the 30th of august and uh, friday afternoon in 1974 um i was i had an internal burning desire to go back to my father's grave and i uh, i took my seatbelt off parked the car back in park walked back over there didn't know why um but it was in those moments that my life turned around it was when i said from now on i send you love instead of hate um i'm not going to think about you in any rageful terms any longer and um and who am i to judge you who am i to say that you should uh, you should have lived your life the way i think you should have lived it um and uh, and, and and that moment was like a significant major turning point in my life that um you know, everything just start, started to shift. I I gave up alcohol right after that. Um, I, I was uh, I was overweight. I began running and exercising. I began taking care of myself in a much better way. My relationships changed. I was in a terrible uh, relationship that wasn't working, and that all that all ended. And I, you know, met my wife, and all of these children came after that. But more than that, I I went uh, I flew back to New York right after that and then i flew down to fort lauderdale and rented a room in a hotel and i just sat there and wrote for fourteen days uh, just from beginning to end a book called your erroneous sounds and, um, and it was all because i got that anger and that hatred and that that rage out of me and practice something called forgiveness so it isn't so much about forgiveness that i'm talking about it's 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 really about listening to those callings when they are there that's uh you know some, some people have said that if uh, if uh, prayer is you talking to God, then your intuition is God talking to you. Uh, it's that source that impersonal self saying this is this is what you signed up for this is what you're here to do here's here's an opportunity for you you're gonna you, you know you're going to keep going straight or you're going to make a right turn or you're going to make a u-turn or you're going to go in another direction that interior wise you've been thinking a lot but um, have let other people's ideas about what you should or shouldn't be doing um, dictate to them. And then a couple of years later, I was on my uh, I was on the Long Island Expressway, and I was uh, heading into the university. And I was up for tenure. Tenure meaning that I would have a full time job for the rest of my life, guaranteed. Um, and and everybody who was a professor at a university at that time just uh, they wanted that more than anything. That kind of job security and to know that you know that you, you could never be fired and so on and uh, or let go and. Uh, And something just told me to pull over onto the shoulder of of the Long Island Expressway, which is what I did, and I just sat there. And asking myself the question, do I really want to do this for the rest of my life, um, just because it's going to give me security? And uh, I thought to myself, you know, I, I've i heard it said that you know there are some people who live ninety years or a hundred years, and there are some people who live one year a hundred times. You know, they're doing the same thing over and over and over, and that became so. Um, such a, a sense of dissonance within me cognitive dissonance where I just couldn't handle the idea that uh, This is where I was going to be that it was all just laid out here now And I and I was going to f- follow that path And that was when I went to the university got back on the expressway and uh, dove in and I resigned uh, and I gave up tenure and I gave up the professorship and And I went across the country with uh, with my book and you know took it all into my own hands and And all of the fears and all of the worries and the anxieties that were so much a part of my life at that time about giving up a job with tenure and how am I going to support my family and all of those things that you, Diane, you and I have heard so many times on the phone calls that we get here on the radio show for the past 10 years of people being so terrified of change or just feeling that there's no other way that I have to do things this way because I've always done them that way and so on.